here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Now, what I want to do this morning is I want to get right into God's word because I got a lot, believe me, I got a lot that I'm going to be teaching on. Uh, and I'm going to be taking you through, first of all, uh, I have to recap. Now, when I say recap, that means I want to bring you up to date, okay? We're only going to recap starting the last series because in that series, we talk about the just shall live by faith. Now, remember, my subject today, I already gave it to you, understanding God's vision, all right? Now, uh, for our tape's sake, you can use that or you can use Romans chapter number 13 and verse 11. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, if you want to use for our tape or audio sake. All right? Now, understanding God's vision. So what I want to do is I want to first recap. So the first thing we want to do is go back to the beginning of the teaching. Uh, in part one and part two, we talk about the just shall live by faith. So we want to set the, the scenery. God, first of all, is talking to Israel. How do I know that? Because if I go back to Habakkuk, let's just do that. We're going to just go back to Habakkuk. We're going to make it quick and, and smooth here. Let's go back to Habakkuk. We're talking about after Daniel. And we want to look at Habakkuk, and we want to go back and look at Habakkuk, uh, chapter 2, where God is going to talk to, talk to him about the vision. Now, remember, the vision had already come to Daniel. Uh, we'll go back and check that out also. We, the vision came to Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, all the way up to chapter 12. God dealt with Daniel. Okay, but let's start up on the vision here. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse 1, I will stand upon my watch, and I will set me up on the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say to me. And what I shall answer when I reprove. Now, by Daniel saying that, you got to understand that Daniel had already prayed chapter 1. All right? Now he's going to see what God has said. And chapter 2, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain up on tables that he may run that readeth that. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Now, remember, that's why we're showing you in the days of Christ, it's when your vision was fulfilled. We told you last week it was called the end of the world. At the end of the world. Amen. Now, verse 3 said the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end. Now, we're gonna, we have to show you when it was the end. It shall speak. The vision shall speak and not lie. Then it said, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. But then he's going to say something else. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, we know that because that's what God gave Paul. Let's look at Acts chapter number. Well, let's first show you in Hebrew, in Habakkuk chapter 1, how the people lived. Habakkuk chapter number 1, and verse number 5, Paul says, the Habakkuk, God said to Habakkuk, Behold you among the heathens, and regard and wonder marvelously. I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though a man tell it to you. Now, we know that because Paul talked about that same thing in Acts chapter number 13. In Acts chapter 13, you hear the apostle Paul talking about the same thing. Same thing. And verse 38, Acts 13, verse 38. Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Now, this is going to be the, the change. They're going from law to grace. All right? And by him, by him, all that believe are justified. Believe what? Jesus Christ. If you were under the law. If you was under the dispensation of the gospel of the kingdom. All that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. But then you're going to have all those that believe in Christ's death, being resurrection. That's going to be us. That's how we were justified. They were justified because they had to believe that Jesus is Christ. We are justified because we have to believe in Christ's death, being resurrection. All right? Then he's going to say something in verse 40. Beware, 
Therefore, lest that come upon you. Now, remember, this is what's spoken of in Habakkuk chapter number 2 and verse number 5. Beware lest that come upon you which was spoken of the prophet, the prophet Habakkuk. Behold, you despise us and wonder and perish. Watch what he says. I will work a work in your days. Now, he's talking about in the days of Paul, all right, in the days of Peter, James, and John, and also the days of Paul. I will work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declare to you. So Paul is going to preach it to them. They're not going to believe it. That's why when Paul gave them the vision, the word of God to be saved, the word of their salvation, they rejected it. All right? So that's why that scripture right there was unbelief. But the Jews rejected it, but the Gentiles accepted it. Because the next verse said, and said, when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentile besought that the words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. And then that's why the next Sabbath, the whole town came out to hear the word of God. So the Gentiles accepted the word of God. The Jews rejected the word of God. Now, in verse 46, Paul said to them, they waxed bold. They said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But you see, and you put it from you, you judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So, so then he says in verse number 47, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou should, watch this, thou should be for salvation under the ends of the earth. All right, now, they rejected God's salvation. All right, now, that's one thing. Let's... We showed you the just shall live by faith. We gave that in Habakkuk. Now I want you to write down the next thing. The next thing is uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, let no man deceive you. Now remember, we talked about it. Let's go back to Matthew 24. We just recapped it. What did Jesus say to them? You're going to hear that all through Paul's ministry. We're going to look at verse 3 and verse 13. Matthew 24 and verse 3. He sat up on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? What is Jesus going to say to them in the next verse? Take heed that no man deceive you. Now he's telling you that if you deceive, it's going to be a man doing it. Now you ought to be able to get that much out of that. Take heed that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name, verse 5, and saying, this is how they're going to deceive you. I'm Christ. And shall deceive many. All right? Now, watch, watch this. They're going to come and say, I'm Christ. And they're going to see many. Let's show you why Paul picked this up. Colossians chapter 2, 4. We're going to look at verse 8 and 18. Colossians chapter 2. All the way through Paul's teachings. I'm going to show you some of them. Colossians chapter 2. In verse 4, watch the kind of talk Paul is going to talk to them. Because remember, the whole thing is don't, don't be deceived. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 4. And this I say, lest any man shall beguile you. How are they going to beguile you? With enticing words. So Paul is ministering to them. Look at verse 8. See, all through the Bible, he's, he's, why is he doing this? He's reminding them. We're going to look at verse 8, then we're going to look at verse 18. Verse number 8 says, beware. See, beware you warning a person. Lest any man spoil you, how are they going to spoil you? How are they going to deceive you? Through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men. Then it says, after the rudiments of the world or the old age. And not after Christ. They're going to be teaching you the law. They're going to be teaching you natural things and shall deceive many. See, they're not preaching you Christ. They're preaching to you the bread on the table, the wine on the table. They're not preaching you the new wine, the Holy Spirit. They're not preaching you the new bread, the truth. They still got you eating off a table, bread and wine. They still got you baptized in water in Jesus' name. They still got you 
not circumcision, covenant. People don't do that no more, but all of it's gone because all of it's old covenant. Still got your washing feet in the church. See, why? Because they haven't told you, you the church. See, if you know you the church, then why you wash your feet? Because you are already sanctified. <laughs> let, me, let me show you that uh, uh, 1 Corinthians. Let me show you what the Word of God says. See, you're already sanctified. If you look at the Word of God, you will see that everything that people are trying to do to you has already been done to you. Christ has perfected you. All right, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. That's just one verse. See, if you already, if you already see what God already did to you, then why would you let somebody be washing your feet? My question is, what are you doing? You know, I showered this morning, washed my feet real good. So why do I need to come to church and let somebody wash my feet again? And why does it have to be in the church? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11 is what I'm waiting for. All right, here we go. It says, and search for some of you, but you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And watch this, by the Spirit of our God. You're already washed. You're already sanctified. You're already justified. And yet people go to church and let somebody wash their feet. Thank you. All right, now, let's move on. So, so I want to, I wanna, the first thing I want to show you is what Jesus said. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6. Let no man deceive you. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6. The first thing, all the way through Paul's teaching, he said, let no man deceive you. So in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 6, it says, let no man deceive you with vain words. So he's telling you how they're going to deceive you. It's because people are going to be ministering to you the law. So that's the first thing I'm going to say to you as I'm ministering to you, understanding God's vision. Under God's new vision, you don't have to wash feet. Under God's new vision, you don't have to eat bread off the table and drink wine off the table. All those things are fulfilling Christ. So you don't need to eat bread off the table, wine off the table, but we do eat the new bread, which is the revelation of the word. Christ is the bread of life. So when I preach Christ, you're eating the new bread. And then when I, when I drink the spirit, I'm drinking new wine. So you're eating and drinking fellowship with him when Christ is preached. So that's been fulfilled, but that's what people are still doing. You are deceived. You don't know it, but you are deceived. See, I was deceived for many years because I didn't know. But you, you'll never know until you start preaching Christ. And when the Holy Ghost began to show you Christ, you'll know you are already completed in Christ. Let, let me show you uh, why you're here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because these things come the wrath of God upon the truth of disobedience. Now, the wrath of God cometh upon the truth of disobedience. Now, we live in a day where people think that the wrath of God coming on us. We live in a day where people will tell you, well, you know this uh, COVID-19 is the wrath of God. It is not. The, this, this is man-made, and it can be ma made by man, destroyed by man. If something is the wrath of God, man didn't make it, and man can't take it away. That's how you know. All right, now, let's show you that. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words, because of these things come the wrath of God upon, upon who? The children of disobedience. Now, these children of disobedience were the children under the law. So when I go to Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to show you the wheat and the tares. And then under that, you're going to see the wheat and the tares. The wheat is the children of the kingdom, and the tares 
of the children of the devil. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about in our dispensation. All right, that's what, why you have to understand the teaching. Don't let any man deceive you. All right, so Ephesians, here chapter 5, I'm going to continue to read. Ephesians chapter number 5, because this verse is going to take us through 6 and 8. That's really what I want. So verse number 7 says, Be ye therefore partaken, be not therefore partaken with them. Then he's going to tell you in verse 8, you are sometime, you were, past tense, you were, sometime darkness. Now you got to understand, darkness is not only what we think, it's really the old covenant. It really means in the flesh, in Adam. So you, you used to be there, you weren't saved. You were sometime dark, that's where you used to be, but now. See, after you're saved, but now are you light in the Lord? Well, how do you get to be light? Because you're in Christ. So what's the difference between you and a man that's not saved? He does not have Christ. He's not in the light. His soul is in darkness. All right? For you are sometime darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Let me give you a couple of that right there. Look at John. Jesus taught on this. John 8, 12. Let's give you a couple. We're we we just we catching up. I'm hoping I can get to my teaching today, but I got to recap you so you can understand it. John 8 and 12. Now, Jesus taught to them. Maybe you can understand it now because you have the Holy Spirit. John chapter 8 and verse 12 is what we're waiting for. John chapter 8 and verse number 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followed me shall not walk in darkness. Now that darkness there is flesh. He that followed me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now let's go to John chapter 12, verse 35. We just let the Bible do its own talking. John chapter 12 and verse number 35. Then John 12, 35. John chapter 12, verse 35. Then said Jesus to them, Yet a little while is the light with you. But who is he talking about? He's talking about himself. Yet a little while I am I with you. That's what he's talking about. Now he said, Walk while you have me with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness, watch this, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness, See, that man is not saved. Knoweth not whether he goeth. If you walk in darkness, he does not know where he goeth. Then it says, while you have light. He's talking about himself. Believe in the light. That's what they had to do. They had to believe Jesus the Christ. That you might be children, that is, of the light. So remember, he's talking to these people before the night that they were in. It's going to get darker. See, the closer they, closer they got to the end of their dispensation, it's going to get darker. The wicked will get wickier, that kind of thing. All right? Now, then said Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. All right? Now, I'm just showing you some of those in the Gospel of St. John. I hope those kind of things... See, all the way through the Word of God, you can be able to, to look at these. Let me give you one more in verse 46. Look at John 12, 46. Let me give you one more. John chapter 12, verse 46. Remember, Christ is the light. Watch what it says. John 12, 46. He says, I am come a light into the world. Now remember, he's talking about in that dispensation, in that age. Remember, Jesus came. Before the cross. At that time, it was the end of the world. It was the end of their dispensation, like it was in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah. It was at the end of that dispensation. Okay? Now watch this. John chapter 12, verse 46. I'm come a light unto, into the world, that whoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. Now what he's talking about? 
The word abide means live. You're not going to have to live the rest of your life in your flesh. You're going to be able to live in the light, which is Christ. Everybody understand that? All right. Now, that's why he said, let no man deceive you. All right. Let's look at Romans 16, 17. Let's give you a couple more of those. Let no man deceive you. Romans 16, 17. Let no man deceive you. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which call divisions and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine you have learned, watch what he told them, avoid them. Those people's Old Testament believers, they were teaching Old Testament believers' doctrine. So Paul said, look, avoid them. Avoid them. You're going to see in a minute evil communication corrupt good manners. Otherwise, that's how they got to live the way they live because how they were taught. Let me say it again. People live the way they are being taught. So if you teach people religion, they're going to act religious. They don't know how to understand that everything been done, everything been fulfilled in Christ. L- let me say something to you. Let me say something to you. I'm going to come to this camera over here. Let me say something to you. One, one of the greatest things uh, that I had to understand is, let me come to this camera. Uh, you have to understand the Leviticus priesthood. You have to understand the Old Testament teachings on the lamb sacrificed. Now you have to understand this. There was the priest. I'm giving you the parts of the puzzle. There was the high priest, or there was the Leviticus priesthood. And here's a person who had sinned in the Old Covenant. When that person sinned in the Old Covenant, what happened to them? They had to come to the priest. They had to bring their offering of a lamb, depending on their wealth, a lamb, a goat, a bull, or, or birds, or pigeons, doves. They all depends on their wealth. Okay, sparrows, because they had to bring. Now, when they brought that to the priest, the priest examined their offering. Now, I want you to make sure you hear this because most people do not understand what it means. They examine their offering. Now, if they examine their offering, they did not have to examine them. So I want you to share it with me. The priests examined their offering. So if they brought a, a cow, a, a lamb, they, they didn't examine the person to see that they have sin. They examined the offering. As long as the offering was a perfect lamb, without blemish, without spot, without sickness, without diseases. If you read Malachi, Malachi really talked about this. Now, because when Jesus Christ, in the book of Exodus, what did they do? They took a lamb out, put the lamb in a cage by itself, and washed that lamb, fed that lamb, examined that lamb, made sure it was a perfect sacrifice. No sickness in the body. They examined that lamb. Then they brought that lamb to the high priest and and they would take the hand of the priest, put the hand up on the offering, and then they sacrificed the offering. Why he put the hand on the head of the sacrifice? Because all the sin of the man or the woman that they did now was put on the lamb, perfect sacrifice, and the lamb was put up on the altar and killed. They examined the lamb. And then they said to the man or the woman, you are free to go home without sin. Wait, you didn't, you didn't examine me. I didn't come to examine you. I come to examine your sacrifice. So the last few hours, Jesus was examined. Now this is something you need to study. Jesus was examined. Once they took Jesus in the garden, 
They took him to Pilate. They took him to Herod. They took him to the different place. He was examined. And that, what they said was, I find no fault in him. Nobody can find any fault. And then the third day, of course, that same night he died on the cross, blameless, and the third day he was rose from, he raised from the dead. So my point is, you examine the lamb, and in the lamb you didn't find no fault. So that's how God saved us. He saved us with a spotless lamb. Now I say that because most of us in the church, once we are in Christ, we are still being examined. We're still being examined by people who don't understand. See, I'm going to read a verse after a while, maybe not this morning, maybe, maybe this evening or the next service. And I'm going to show you what Scripture might say, we, must, we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And the first thing people are going to do is say, see, I told you, we all have sinned. We all guilty before God. See, you were looking at me before I was saved. Before I was saved, the word did say, all have sinned and, shall, and came short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. You need to read Romans 3.24. You were justified after that. See, what we want to do is we want to see people sin and fall. That's why we can't learn how to walk in love. We still see their sin. We still see their fault. That's why I'm teaching you understanding God's vision. This stuff that people are talking about, when you talk about God's wrath, what we just showed you, that was at the end of the old covenant. The wrath stopped here. Why do you think Jesus died on the cross? God laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took our wrath, punishment, his sin, sickness, diseases, pain, everything, put it on one man, and he took it to the cross, to the grave, and raised again from the dead. You got to be able to see Christ. All right, so let move. We, we, we can. So let no man deceive you with vain words. Let no man deceive you. So when I read Romans chapter sixteen, I want to read verse seventeen. It says, "Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which call divisions offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them, for they are searched as serve not our Lord Jesus, but their own belly, and by good words." Fair speeches, they deceive the heart of the simple. The simple is those who don't know any better. They don't know any better. Now, let's look at one more. Second Corinthians 11 and 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 12. So, so that's just one of the things I'm going to show you. Don't let nobody deceive you. He told you who it's going to be. That's why I tell people, they're so easy and gullible and vulnerable just to go over here to Sister So-and-So Church, Brother So-and-So Church. Sounds good. But if they're preaching to you law, you've just been deceived. If they're preaching to you works, you've just been deceived. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In verse number 12, Paul said, But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, watch what it says, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, the seat for workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. God didn't make them apostles. They're transforming themselves. They go get their degree from another man and you give them a year, they are apostles now. 
Give them two or three already apostles. See? You've been deceived. So the key is people don't know apostles when they see one. And then it says, and no marvel, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. How did he do it? You transform yourself. See, there's God made and then there's man made. If it's man made, Watch out. Now he says in verse 14, and no marvel, Satan himself is transformed to an angel of light. Verse 15, therefore it's no, it's no great thing if his ministers, Satan's ministers. Man, I don't think people understand if Jesus got ministers, then Satan got ministers. They are transformed as the ministers of righteousness, but their end shall be according to their works. And don't forget, at the end of that dispensation, everything was according to their works. So you hear people saying, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? To be judged according to our works. You know, I, I, as growing up in the church, uh, Mrs. Crump, you know, as growing up in the church, one of the greatest things I, I thought, because I heard people always saying, yeah, we're going home to get our reward. You hear people talk about it all the time. She's going home to get her reward. Now, the only reward you find in this Bible is, number one, eternal life or eternal damnation. Now, if you are saved, you already got your reward before you leave here. Let me say it again. You don't die, go to heaven, then get eternal life. Once again, you've been deceived. Let me say it again. You don't die, go to heaven, then you get eternal life. See, we got this thing like we're in school, and once we die and go to heaven, the Lord's going to call our name, and then we're going to come walking down, you know, here I am, Lord, and then he's going to give me eternal life. No, 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 you, you get eternal life here. Right here, the door of faith, Christian church. You get eternal life. When you receive, means when you believe, Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. When you believe that with all your heart, God gives you eternal life. Let me tell you what else he gives you. Let me show it to you. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Let me show you what he give you. See, we got this idea that we're going home to get our crown. We're going home to get it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Look at Romans 14, 17. Let me show you where all of this you talking about is. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, See, this is what God gives you. Well, this is where God places you at in Christ. Paul calls it the kingdom of God. Christ is the kingdom of God. So Christ is not meat and drink. The kingdom of God not meat and drink, but righteousness. Now, this is what God puts you at. He puts you in his righteousness. Means he puts you in Christ. Then he put righteousness in you. See, you're not only in righteousness, righteousness is in you. Then he put you in peace, and he put peace in you. He put you in joy, and he put joy in you. Now leave that up there because the last three verses of that told you where all of this is. Most of us never read the last three verses. He told you the word in me where? Where is it? Where's righteousness? Where's peace and where's joy? Where is it? Anybody? Can anybody tell me? In the Holy Ghost. Leave that scripture up to our finish, please. Romans 14, 17. There it is. In the Holy Ghost. So if you have the Holy Spirit, where did God put righteousness? It's in the Holy Ghost. See, Christ is the Holy Ghost. So to be in Christ is in the Holy Ghost. To be in the Holy Ghost, to be in Christ. 
And because you are in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, then God put his righteousness, his peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in you. So you are in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you. You are in righteousness, righteousness is in you. You are in peace, peace is in you. You are in joy and joy is in you. All of that's in the Holy Ghost. So you do not get a reward once you leave. You don't get eternal life once you leave and get somewhere else. You've been deceived. So if you're working for the Lord to get your crown when you die and leave, you're surprised and you've been deceived. You've been deceived. That's why you got so many people saying, I've been left behind. You ever heard that song, I've been left behind? <laughs> if you, we're going to get a chance to go through that and we're going to show you really who was left behind. Because when man show, man show you only the one that the wicked is left behind. But that's not what the Bible says. So the wicked was destroyed. Let's go back to the days of Noah. After the days of Noah, shall the coming of the son of man be? Let me ask you, during the days of Noah, who was left behind? Noah got knocked. And 40 days and 40 nights, Noah came down out of that ark back into a new world. What happened to the wicked? You think they were left behind? No, they were destroyed. You got to look at the word of God said. The word of God told you the righteous shall inherit the earth. But we got this thing like the righteous are going to be taken away because we listen to religious leaders. And then God's going to kill everybody on earth and then he's going to put us back. My question is, back for what? If you live on the earth, you got to have an earthly body. God took you out of that when you got saved. You got a new body now. You got a glorified body. Why? Because you got a heavenly body. Let me show you that. 1 Corinthians 15. See, you just got to know the word. That's why he keeps telling you, you got you to avoid people teaching you bad doctrine. We just put our TV on, we just let it go. Whatever they say is okay with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look what the Bible says. And let's look at verse number 47. Matter of fact, I started verse 46. Verse 46. 1 Corinthians 15, 46. Here it is. How be it? That was not first which was spiritual. Talking about the body. But that which is natural. So first, God gave you a natural body. And after that, he gave you a spiritual body. Two bodies. Now right now, when a man not saved, he only got a natural body. Once a man gets saved, God take him out the natural body and put him in a spiritual body. There's a natural body and a spiritual body. The spiritual body is the body of Christ. So if you're not saved, you're not in the, in the spiritual body. You're still in the natural body. In verse number 47, the first body, the first man is of the earth. Earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So when you first got born in the flesh, you was in an earthly body. Then when you got saved, born of the spirit, God took you out of the earthly body, put you in the spiritual body. While you're yet in the earthly body, you're only in the earthly body so you can live on this earth. When your time is up on this earth, you don't need the earthly body no more. That's where man lied to you. Man said, oh, we're just going to put, oops, we're going to put them in the ground. Oops. And then when the, Lord come, when the Lord come back, that's why I'm dealing with you. That's you have been deceived. If you're waiting for the Lord to return, you have been deceived. And there are many, a multitude of people deceived every day. They don't even know they're deceived. 
They're still walking around talking about when the Lord comes. Well, when the Lord comes, all is going to happen when the Lord returns. You didn't get my last week teaching. Once in the end of the world. I'm going to give you a few teachings on that today, too. Watch what it says. 1 Corinthians 15. The first man, verse 47. There's a first man. He's earthly. That was Adam. Your first birth. Second man, the Lord from heaven. Watch what verse 48 says. As is the earthly, such are they also the earthly. As is the heavenly, such are they also the heavenly. Now watch verse 49. As we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. The word bear means worn. We worn. We put on. Once you put on, when you got born again, you put on the image of the earthly. You have an earthly body. Once you got born again, you put on a heavenly body. That's Christ. That's why you call now the body of Christ. You're not going to be the body of Christ. You're the body of Christ now. See, don't think that's going to happen. That's already happened. Now, so otherwise, number one, let no man deceive you. How are you going to do it? With vain doctrine. Now, I taught last week. We'll recap it, man. We're going to get there. Last week, I talked to you once in the end of the world. Let's go to Hebrews 9.26. Just one verse. We're going to get to our message the day after. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. See, we are understanding God's vision. We want to make sure you understand God's vision. Hebrews 9, 26. Now, I'm going to read this out of the King James, then I'm going to read it out of the Good News. Hebrews 9, 26. And then I'm, going to, then I'm going to go to something else in the, in the, in the King James. Hebrews 9, 26. Just one verse. We're going to read. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to do this one out of the King James. I'm not going to read this one out of the good news. We'll do that when I get to Matthew 24, 34. Matthew, Hebrew 9, 26. Just one verse. For then, what we say about Christ. Then he must often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, now this is Paul speaking 2,000 years ago. But now, what about that, Paul? Once in the end of the world, once in the end of the world, once in the end of the world, what did that mean? What did he do? Hath, past tense, he's not going to do this, in the end of the world, he appeared to put away sin. In the end of the age, get last week tape. He appeared at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. At the end of the world. Now you have to be able to know Daniel's prophecy. I may be able to take you through that quickly. But, but we, we got a lot in our hands here, so we'll see. So once in the end of the age... Has he appeared to put away sin? We know it had to be the end of the, it was the end of the world. Now, how do I know that? As in the days of Noah, when did Noah build the ark? In the end of his age. Once Noah built that ark, the world ended. That's what Jesus says. Let's go and show it to you. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Once in the end of the age. When Noah built that ark, Matthew 24, when Noah built that ark, that's why Jesus said, as in the days of Noah. Matthew chapter number 24. Watch what Jesus is going to say. As in the days of Noah. Matthew chapter 24. Let's start verse 36. Matthew 24, 36. 
See, watch what Jesus is saying. He says, but of that hour, of that day and that hour, knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But ere the days of Noah were. So he's teaching you, well, what's about the days of Noah compared to his day? Both was at the end of a dispensation. At the end of the age, Noah, the end of the age had to be the end of the law. Remember, Noah died because he disobeyed what his wife did. They broke the law. Now God was about to bring grace back. Why? How do I know that? Because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah was able to enter into the ark. The Holy Ghost was to shut him in at the end of the world. And everybody that don't get in the ark will be destroyed. As in the days of Noah. Here we go. Same thing. Matthew 24, verse 37. As in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He says it's going to be the same way. As in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were married, they were giving in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. Well, what happened when Noah entered into that ark? They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So people are not telling you about the wicked going to be taken away. They said, we, we've been left behind. No, you're going to die. So shall it come to the Son of Me. So when the Son of Man came to them, Those people who were not in Christ were destroyed. Same way in the days of Jesus Christ. Called the wrath of God. And when I come to that, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you those two days when you say the day of the Lord. And you're going to be again to see when I use the day of the Lord. There's a day of salvation that I'm going to show you that we got to get, yet, get to. It's a day of salvation and there's a day of wrath. Don't forget, it's a day of salvation and a day of wrath. So either you're going to be saved on that day, that was the children of Israel, or they will experience God's wrath on that day. Now that's how it was in the days of Noah. Either they're going to enter into the ark and be saved, or they're going to be destroyed. Salvation or wrath. Going to be the same way is when you die and you're not in Christ. It's going to be salvation for you, or wrath. All right, as in the days of Noah. All right, but I'm teaching now once at the end of the world. Now let's go back to Matthew, because in Matthew I'm showing you something in chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I showed you the days of Noah. Back up to verse 34. And we won't look at verse 34, we're going to look at that in the good news. We're going to look at it in Matthew 24 in the good news and also in the, well, if you just got the good news, that's going to satisfy me. Because King, the King James said this generation. Matthew 24, 34 said this generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. Matthew 24, 34. But out of the good news, Remember that all these things would happen before the people now living have all died. Remember, all these things, he's talking about all these things that he's talking about, all these things would happen before the people now living have been destroyed. Now, here it is, this generation, which is 40 years. So Jesus says, let me tell you. Let's look at another. Look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 27. Matthew 16. Back up to Matthew 16, 27. Start off with 26. Matthew 16, 26. See, if you just follow the word of God and just let... See, I'm not dealing with Daniel in this teaching because we are, hopefully we can deal with the next teaching. I want to go to Daniel and walk you down from chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 12, right down to where I am today. Hope you'll be listening. Matthew, 
chapter 16, verse 26. Here it is. For what a man is profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, Jesus talking to the Jewish believer at that time. Then he's going to tell them, The Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. And watch what he says. Then, that, that's the key word I want you, and then. Somebody say, and then. And then. Say it one more time. And then. When he come in the glory of his Father, otherwise, when he come in his kingdom, when he come as king, so when you are saying Jesus hadn't come, you are saying he's not king yet. That's not all you're saying. You are saying the devil is not destroyed. Because when you read Thessalonians, you'll find out that when Jesus came, he destroyed the devil with the brightness of his coming. Then you're also saying that the temple is not destroyed in Jerusalem. See, if Jesus hadn't come, then the temple had not been destroyed. Because Jesus told you when he come, I'm going to show you that you who are in Judea flee to the mountains. He shows you the destruction of Jerusalem foretold. We got, we got enough time. We got enough time. We got enough time. Matthew 16, 27. Let me do this first, then I go back to Matthew 24. Verse 27, the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his holy angels, and then shall reward every man. Watch how he's going to reward every man, you who wait in your rewards, according to your works. Now, right off the bat, it'll let you know you are not in the dispensation of grace, because in the dispensation of grace, you have no works. By grace you say through faith, not of yourselves, not of works. It's the gift of God. All right, so you look at a different dispensation. Verse 28. Here we go. Matthew 16, 28. Verily I say to you, there will be some standing here. Now Jesus looking around at the people who were with him. Peter, James, and John. He said, there are some standing here which shall not taste of death, which shall not die, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, or coming as king. Now we know the timeline, and we know what happened. We know Stephen saw him, we know Paul saw him, we know John saw him coming in his kingdom. See, if I go, when I go back to Daniel, I'm just going to talk a little bit because I don't have but a couple of minutes. When I go back to Daniel, I'm going to show you. When I go back to Daniel 9.24, there was 490 years. Now that 490 years is going to take us all the way to the dispensation the new dispensation start, which will be grace. But he's going to tell you in 924, Jesus is going to finish his work. So Jesus is going to finish his work. Jesus started his ministry in the 480th year. In 480. Of that 490 that he told Daniel 70 weeks, 70 times 70, which would be 490, Daniel 9, 24. When 480, which is going to be B.C. 3, B.C., I'm sorry, B.C. 3, Jesus born, A.D. 30, A.D. 30, will be 480 years. Now, in 480 years, in the next three and a half years, Jesus is going to die. So now, here it is, 483 years of the 490. What's going on? Jesus, in his ministry, he's going to die at the 486 and a half. He won't make it to 487 or that 490. So there's going to be another three and a half years. 
because so, he's going to die in the middle of the week. But at the end of that 490 years, Paul is going to come on the scene at, the, at exactly 490 years and crucify. Matter of fact, they're not going to crucify. They're going to kill Stephen. Acts chapter number 7. That's where we go. Let's show you what Stephen is going to do. This is the end of the 490 years. Acts chapter 7 and verse 54. Here's the end of the 490 years. Watch what Stephen is going to see. When they heard these things, they were cut to heart. Stephen preached to them 53 verses. First of all, 54. They gasped upon him with their teeth. But Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looks up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. You'll never see this happen again. You want to know what happened to Jesus? When 490 years was complete, Stephen was stoned by Paul, Jesus stood up. At that moment, Revelation, the book of Revelation began to be written and the day of grace was began to happen. Because now the law, the 490 years was finished. They just killed the first martyr of the church, Stephen. Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. The very next chapter, Peter began to make, Paul began to make havoc of the church. And in one chapter it says, he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus to kill the believers and Jesus was met him brighter than the noonday sun, Stephen saw him leave his throne. He was headed to Paul. And Paul said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecuted. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. He blinded him, called him to ministry. From that day on, Paul would see him. Be a good cheer, Paul. Paul would see him. John would see him on the island of Patmos as he wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus had promised them, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Wasn't talking to you today, talking to Peter, James, and John. At the end of the age, Jesus returned. We saw him in the book of Revelation come to get the 144,000. Before that, we saw him in the first chapter, second chapter. John was on the island of Patmos. He said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and I saw him in the midst of the seven candlesticks. He was in the midst of the church. Hey, my time is over. My time is gone. I thank you for yours. We give God a big hand. Praise. Hallelujah. Don't you miss the next service. Christ died for your sins. He was buried. God raised him from the dead. With all power been given to him now. See, it's an awesome thing to know the vision, understanding God's vision. Your future is not in your past. Christ is the hope of glory. You're not hoping for him to come. Colossians 1, 26, 27, you have him in you. He's everything you're hoping for. God's righteousness, God's peace, God's joy, eternal life is in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is in you. The door of faith is open to you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. 
I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.